Hello, everyone, and welcome. It's busy. People are everywhere, and they are excited. And we're excited, too, because we're live here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, celebrating the grand opening of the National Medal of Honor Heritage Center. Personally, I think the hustle and bustle is infectious, and there is this nervous, excited energy in the air at all times. I have to admit, I'm nervous, too, because I know the man I'm about to interview is a hero. Full name is uh, Walter Joseph Marm. I go by my middle name, Joe. And uh, I served uh, 30 years in the Army, went in right after college uh, and stayed in. I hated war, but I liked being with, uh, with the Army and with soldiers. So I made it a, a career. Hate the war, but love being with soldiers. With Joe, it's never about him. It's always about other people. But he is so proud of the time he spent serving his country. Around his neck is, of course, the Medal of Honor. In his hand is a book. A book entitled, We Were Soldiers Once and Young. You may have seen the movie with Mel Gibson, We Were Soldiers. Well, that's, that's Joe's story. And that's coming up next on ValorCast. My name is Brad Carpenter, and I'm a writer, a patriot, and one gigantic history nerd. I invite you to come on a journey with me as I collect tales of courage and sacrifice directly from the recipients of the Medal of Honor themselves. This is ValorCast. Uh, I grew up in a small town in uh, western Pennsylvania and, uh, uh-huh. you know, it was very, uh, very close to my family, which is very important to me. Right. And uh, my father... Uh, was a state policeman, and so he I had to, you know, toe the line. Right. Have a great family, you know, a you know, very special wife. It's How long have you been married? Uh, 34 years. 34 years. Yep. It's amazing. Kids, grandkids? I have uh, four, four children and uh, nine grandchildren. Nine grandchildren, man. Two of my boys uh, served. Uh, I have three, three boys and mm-hmm. one daughter. My, my two boys, uh, two of my three boys served in the Army. Oh. One just retired from uh, Special Forces, and the other's uh, still in the Army Reserve. Nice. We just got back from talking uh, with schools. We oh. had uh, it's, so we've we visited the museum here last night. Right. It's very special to see all the all the artifacts and oh yeah everything they have here. I'm a big history buff, so oh yeah, me too. What's your favorite part of the museum? Good question. <laughs> uh, just reading about the uh, the different uh, recipients here from Tennessee. Right. Gotcha. Well, around this time, Joe had to take a break and do a separate video interview, but he came back later. And I got to tell you, during that little intermission, I witnessed Joe shake hands with dozens of cadets, strike up conversations with kids. He pushed his wife's chair in at the lunch table. Then I watched him wait as everyone else around him got their food. 
Joe was the last one to eat. I asked him about this later, and he said it's all about leadership and integrity. You know, we wear a patch at Fort Benning that says, follow me. And we, uh, and, and we, we do that. You know, we're the, the you know, our, our troops eat, eat first. We're the last to eat. And we, you know, and we, we lead by example. We're, if, if we ask them to, to take a position or charge a bunker, we're right there with them. Mm. So that's very important that we uh, just do the best you can do. You know, uh, just try your best. Mm-hmm. And uh, just uh, lead by example and don't ask your men and women to do anything you wouldn't do yourself. Now that we've established what kind of man Joe is, let's move forward into the medal and the mission. The uh, Medal of Honor uh, Award, uh, it's the highest honor that I've ever received. And, you know, I'm very, very honored to be a recipient in its, uh, it's just a tremendous honor for me uh, to wear the medal uh, and to uh, represent uh, all the men in whose actions go unsung because there's so much that happens in combat that there's so many brave and valorous things that happen you know in war and in, in your particular battle and so we we're just I'm just very honored to be to wear the medal for them and to uh, and for them to have sacrificed uh, their there are some of them their their entire their life and where they're no longer with their family. I'm, uh, I'm one of the, the fortunate recipients to be, still be living and to, to earn and to wear the medal uh, for them. It's uh, it's an awesome awesome responsibility mm-hmm. to, to wear the medal and to uh, just to be around other recipients. And it's uh, you know back uh, you know in the '60s there were. We had a, a lot of recipients right. know, from the World War One and World mm-hmm. War Two, Korea. It's it's just amazing. It's just uh, you know uh, so awesome and inspiring to be around s- such uh, tr- you know tremendous men. Yeah, and their families, their wives, and, and families too. That's that's very important. Okay, very special. Did uh, Nixon give you your medal or no? Uh, uh, it was done during the Johnson administration. Yeah. but I heard President Johnson wanted to keep it on a low profile. Gotcha. So, mine so was you given were... to me in a very, very nice outside ceremony on a cold December day in 1966. Okay. 13 months after the battle, by the Secretary of the Army. Wow. And so it was. Uh, I was shaking in my boots. I've never been around so many uh, high-ranking uh, generals and uh, congressmen and senators, <laughs> and the uh, Secretary of the Army and yeah. all of, all of his staff. So it was very, very impressive to you know to be there in Washington D.C. And to, uh, and to be awarded the Medal of Honor. I was very early. Mm-hmm. I was like the seventh recipient of uh, 262 wow. from uh, Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, that was very special. Amazing. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the, the movie We Were Soldiers is your movie. That's correct. Uh, that's correct. It was about the battle I was in. We Were right. Soldiers, and it's based on the book. It's based we on the book. We Were Soldiers Once and Young, okay. written by... Uh, our battalion commander Hal Moore mm-hmm. and the only embedded reporter we had Joe Galloway. Gotcha. They, they did a great job with the uh, with the book, and the movie is uh, one of the better Vietnam movies, probably uh, about seventy percent. You know, 
real stuff versus uh, right. Hollywood. So d directed by Mel Gibson, right? Yes, yeah. Mel Gibson and Sam Elliott played the Sergeant Major right. and made the, the movie with some of his. Uh, did you comments. get to? Did you did you consult on the film? Oh no 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 no. Okay. One of the other recipients. Uh, it's the only battle in Vietnam where there were three recipients. Okay. Uh, the two helicopter pilots, uh, Bruce Crandall and Ed Freeman. Uh, we're Medal of Honor recipients too. Okay. Uh, so it's uh, very, very special to be. Uh, Ed has passed, but uh, Bruce Crandall's still hanging in there. Gotcha. <laughs> the Battle of Audrang. On the week before Thanksgiving, 1965, the U.S. Army came head to head with the full force of the North Vietnamese Army for the first time. It quickly escalated into one of the longest and most devastating battles of the entire war. Well, we were trying to get to a platoon that was that was trapped and surrounded on the side of uh, Chu Pong Mountain in the central highlands of Vietnam. In the uh, the NVA, where we were outnumbered uh, about seven to one, and our unit, the Seventh Cavalry lineage, goes back to General George Armstrong Custer out at the Little Bighorn, and there for a while we thought we were in another Little Bighorn surrounded and outnumbered. We had lots of assets Custer didn't have. You know, we had the all the uh, all the services giving us close air support, the Air Force, the Marines, the Navy, dropping their bombs close to uh, you know, on the enemy. You know, it was uh, the second attempt we made that afternoon to try to get to that uh, platoon. And uh, we had two companies, you know, moving forward of about uh, 200 men. And there were enemy in front of uh, the entire front. In front of my position was uh, some bad guys, too. Because of all the battle noise, I tried to use sign language to tell one of my soldiers to run up there to the machine gun position and, and throw a grenade over the top and into the bunker. And uh, he thought I meant from, meant throw it from where we're at, and he did, and it landed with all the trees and foliage around it. It landed in front and didn't do much damage. So uh, I told another one of my men to shoot a bazooka. It's called a light anti-tank weapon. The acronym is LAW, L-A-W, for light anti-tank weapon. It's a very powerful weapon. It'll go through a lot of steel. I told my, my other soldier to shoot it, you know, shoot the law into it, and he tried to shoot it. And it, it didn't go off because of all the humidity and uh, moisture in, in uh, South Vietnam. So I took the weapon from him, the bazooka, and uh, rearmed it and shot it. And it went off and it really picked up our morale and we were able to move forward a little bit. It was a big cloud of dust and a big boom and did some damage to the bunker, but it didn't completely destroy it. So uh, rather than waste any more time because it's starting to get dark, I, I told my men, don't shoot me up. So I ran across about 30 meters of open terrain because I wanted to get that bunker silenced and went to the bunker and threw a grenade into the bunker and then went around and, and finished off some more soldiers that were trying to uh, uh, shoot me. And that silenced the bunker and I turned sideways. You know, I turned to my men to come on, let's get going. I got to get to the platoon. And they started moving forward. And uh, somewhere in the back, you know, another enemy soldier shot me in the jaw. It shattered my left jaw, went in through the, the jawbone and, and out the right side below my right jaw. I felt my face to make sure I still had had a mouth there. I've never had any broken bones before, so anytime you get wounded or shot, it's it's pretty traumatic. So I was, uh, a couple of my soldiers helped me back to the aid station and where the battalion commander was. It was a total team effort, and we eventually got that platoon out of there the next day. The enemy was attacking us, and we were attacking them, so it was kind of a, a slugfest for three days. But, and again, we had great support from B-52s. They were bombing, you know, the side of the mountain and uh, close airstrikes from, you know, the Air Force and the Navy and the Marine uh, jets that were 
dropping their their heavy ordnance bombs and strafing the enemy. You know. What do you say? After a story like that, I was left flabbergasted, but I also had this overwhelming sense of gratitude. I'd like to end this episode with a reading from the book We Were Soldiers Once and Young. I think it perfectly encapsulates the essence of what it means to be a soldier. Here to read it is producer Madeline Cunningham. This story is about time and memories. The time was 1965, a different kind of year. A watershed year when one era was ending in America and another was beginning. We felt it then, in the many ways our lives changed so suddenly, so dramatically. It was the year we went to war. In the broad traditional sense, that we who went to war was all of us, all Americans. Another war story, you say? Not exactly. For on the more important levels, this is a love story, told in our own words and by our own actions. We were the children of the 1950s, and we went where we were sent because we loved our country. We went to war because our country asked us to go, because our new president, Lyndon B. Johnson, ordered us to go, but more importantly, because we saw it as our duty to go. That is one kind of love. Excerpts from We Were Soldiers Once and Young by Lieutenant General Hal Moore and Joseph Galloway. Thanks for listening. And special thanks to Joe Marm for his kindness and sharing his story. ValorCast is made possible by the great folks at the National Medal of Honor Heritage Center in beautiful downtown Chattanooga. To learn more about the National Medal of Honor Heritage Center, the Medal of Honor Society's Character Development Program, or to learn about past Medal of Honor recipients, please visit the National Medal of Honor Heritage Center's website at mohhc.org. That's mohhc.org. ValorCast is hosted, edited, and mixed by me, Brad Carpenter. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, leaving a nice review on iTunes or Spotify would mean the world to us. Thanks again, and we salute you.